Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. This week's very special episode explores some really difficult topics and I want to mention them before we start so that you're prepared in case there's something that might particularly affect you. Today Chris and I discuss grief and loss of a family member and we also talk about difficult experiences that might happen at work and in the wider world. We explore the theme of suicide and the impact that that might have on the emergency services personnel who attend the scene. This is such a special episode and I really want you to get the most from it, but I do want to just let you know that those things are going to be in there before you listen so you have a bit of a heads up. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks and I am really delighted to welcome Chris on the podcast today who's going to be talking to us a little bit about his story. So welcome Chris. Thank you. It's lovely to have you. How do we find you today? Well, I'm absolutely brilliant. Um as per usual, well, most of the time anyway. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Good. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you. I know that you know a little bit about how the podcast works already, but what I'll do is I'll just explain for anyone who's listening for the first time. What I like to do is not give you a big introduction, but let people kind of meet you at where you're at today. And then we'll talk about a time when you felt very low or quite hopeless, and then we'll work our way forward to what supported you and then to where you are now. So I wonder if there's a time that you'd be happy to share with us when you were feeling very low or feeling quite hopeless and you could share with us a little bit of your experience yeah well that time was the very first week of the lockdown right um and i've spoken to you about this before but Mm. my my mother had been suffering from dementia for a number of years yeah and for anybody who knows what dementia does to a person um they will understand the basic torture that you go through every time you see that person and remember that the healthy person that was there before yeah um well the first week of the lockdown of the first lockdown that is um Mm. my mother passed away um which which was like a really where it becomes complex is that not only did she pass away because that's enough to Mm. to bring all the feelings of Of knownness and vulnerability into it but uh she passed away in jamaica and then Jamaica stopped allowing people to fly in. They had their own lockdown. Okay. Um, you weren't allowed to fly from here anyway. If I mm-hmm. flew to Jamaica, I'd have to spend two weeks in quarantine. Okay. Um, so then how do you plan a funeral around um, a quarantine that doesn't allow you to go about and make the arrangements as you mm-hmm. see fit? Mm-hmm. And then bearing in mind that there's all other relatives all around the world that want to be part of this. Of course. Um yeah, I also, there was no plan for this. So my right. mom, I, I was at work. I got the news on an afternoon when I was just about to commence duty. Oh, gosh. Um, so all of those things put together potentially mm-hmm. had the, the um, well, had the potential to, to expose 
my rawest feelings. Of course. I'm so right? sorry. It's a, such yeah, no, a difficult fine. set of circumstances all coming at once. Yeah. So the perfect storm, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. Um, mm. Anyway, the long and the short of it is that what I took from that was I spoke to the people that I work with. I'm a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to. Uh, now, the members of the public, you have a great mix. You have people who are really, really nice. Yeah. But you also have people who have never been taught any kind of thing about manners, grace, what have you. Right. And right. if you go out there on a day when your mood is not great, mm-hmm. those people can sniff you a mile off and they will try to press every emotional button that you have. Yeah, of course. And my fear was that um, being in a weakened state mm-hmm. emotionally, yeah, that I would react to those buttons being pressed. Yeah. So I basically called all of the people that were on my watch together i told them what had happened Mm -hmm. and i also told them for a reason as well because i I told them i didn't want it to be a a thing where i kept on having to repeat it over and Mm -hmm. over again because one person had heard and then um then they'd go and tell somebody else who would comment that you know i didn't want it to be like that i wanted it to be a group thing i told them that i didn't want any kind of special treatment but for just for this one day i wanted them to be supportive of me and understand what i was going through of course. And, but to be fair, all of them were absolutely stars. All the banter that they usually went through was, let's just say, neutralized, right? right? Because sometimes, <laughs> right? So I, I did say, I don't want you walking on eggs around me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want you avoiding me either, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, one of them went behind my back and told an inspector who right. came to me and said, look, what is it? What do you want? Do you want to go home? And I said, no, because if I go home, I can't do anything Yeah. in terms of plans anyway. So I'd rather work just to get my mind off it, mm-hmm. you know, and what I asked for was what I had. Everybody was brilliant. They rallied around me. I have friends all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I believe some people believe that they only should look for friends when they're in need mm, that's interesting. I, have al- I have always believed that, that you have friends you keep in touch with them you rally around them when they need you but they're also that you, you know um that so when that time comes that you need them mm-hmm. they're there for you so i don't of have course. i don't have a lot of friends but the friends that i do have are very very close to my heart absolutely yeah? it um, sounds like you had such a great team around you as well I yeah mean, incredibly brave to open up to everyone when you're feeling so vulnerable but I completely understand what you're saying about not wanting to repeat yourself on you you know you're going through an experience which is incredibly painful and difficult and sometimes that need for people to know when they're trying to be supportive and often it is you know when you have close friendships especially on a sort of one-to-one level you know everyone wants to check in and make sure you're okay but it almost makes it unbearable having to repeat what's going on um well it's the kind of groundhog day that i didn't particularly want to because i was trying to hold myself together emotionally as well and i didn't want to end up with you know the more you repeated it the more it was almost like death by a thousand cuts absolutely you know so eventually yeah Mm. and eventually i felt that i would lose control of that 
that yeah. scenario if that was the case. So, yeah, there was a balance between me keeping some emotional control. Yeah. But but also gaining their support. And in a way, yeah. they, they, the fact that I, I let them into my circle mm. um, at, at my lowest time, it, that has built on relationships since because um, they now trust me. Uh, I've let them in. They will yeah. let me into theirs as well, you know. So yes, yes. I absolutely go. agree with you there that vulnerability can be really connection building. I think yeah. so often we imagine being vulnerable isn't a good thing but my my experience is actually the opposite that when I'm vulnerable with people you know when you're vulnerable with someone they feel honored that you've you've let them in into your world you know into into a yeah. part of you that you don't share with everyone and you feel privileged that someone trusts you enough to to share that information with you and I think yeah. you're totally right and especially you know I'm, I'm speaking as a woman but I imagine I you know from my experience of working with clients that the pressure on men to not be vulnerable is so high, but actually it's, it takes incredible strength to be vulnerable. Well, let's put it this way. There's a whole language around men not being vulnerable. You know, mm. you'll hear it. You'll hear the grow up here, you know, stiff up a lip, yeah. you know, um, be a man. Mm. You know, there, there's all sorts of different um, things that say don't be vulnerable because you, that's not what you're putting this on this earth for. Well, I'm, as you well know, I'm, I take the exact opposite view, you know, like, um, let me explain something. As a youngster, mm-hmm. right, um, I did not show vulnerability, Okay. right? But what I did do is that if I was vulnerable and I felt vulnerable, I would take and take and take from some people. Mm-hmm. And then one day, one day Vesuvius would erupt and um, people would roll back in shock and horror that, uh, Chris Lowe was this this person with such a bad temper, right? Um, you know, and they forgot all the times when I'd sat there and t- taken stuff. Yeah. They they only remembered this one particular time when yes. I'd lost lost yes. the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, I realized that that wasn't good for me because mm. although it made me feel better at the end of it, mm. um, you could lose people in that process because after that they didn't know whether to trust you or not, so they'd give you a wide berth. Yeah. avoid you at all costs because they weren't sure which which chris they were going to get. get today and, yeah 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 and they also they would would start thinking well is this man the whole ticket um you know should he be seeing somebody for his yeah right no i can i do you know i can really relate to that sort of and i don't want to call it angry outbursts because that sounds yeah. quite quite childish but but actually yeah. that is how i feel i used to be that i yeah. can really relate to that idea of of support being supportive and giving and giving and giving to other people and then at some point it was too much and i wasn't able to put the boundary in in time and so then when it did happen, it was exactly as you described, I relate to that yeah. eruption of this is too much and an explosive anger. And like, similarly to you now, nobody would know me for someone that's having a really fierce temper, but it's there, it's there. Yeah. It's just that I don't let anyone get there. You know, very yeah. rare for anyone to get there anymore. And I put boundaries in beforehand, but, but you're right. That sort of self-protection that you need to put in, if it's not there... It brings up that something within us that needs to support us and put those boundaries in and say, no, enough is enough. And it yeah. can come out and be really 
almost overwhelming and a bit frightening, even to the person, even to me when I was experiencing it. And I'm just thinking back to what you were saying about having control over your emotions and feeling like you needed to be really in control on the day that you needed to talk to your teammates about your mom, that there is something there about control and how difficult that can be. And also that we have to let some things flow, but also not everything. And that, that, you know, where do we put that boundary of this is okay and this is, this is too much to share and I don't want to share that and then also the boundary of like no these this is okay with me and this is not because if you start pushing past this point I'm gonna get to angry angry Chris or angry Harriet um it's a really interesting process and takes maybe it took me a lot of time to figure it out you know figure out I was really frightened of my anger for a long time well ditto ditto I I there were there were times when when I looked at that and um and looked, the thing that brought it home to me was the reaction of the people that I was losing it with, mm-hmm. and some of them were some of them were quite frightened, you know. So I don't know whether I was turning slightly green and starting to tear up my shirts, you know, that, but, um, <laughs> you know, but it, that, that it was that kind of look, yeah. You know? So, so you know, you life is a is a is a journey of constant reflection. Mm. You know, and you have to empathize with other people. And, and you know, and the look on their faces told me that this wasn't a, you know, while it was effective for me because mm. it gave me back the territory that some people had stepped on. Mm-hmm. You know, inevitably, a lot of the times, the poor person who got it was the person who just, they hadn't brought me to this place, but they yeah. they, they were the ones that triggered it because yeah. they just pushed me over that little bit. Yeah. Which had been going on for a time, a long time before. Yeah, you know? it's, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back idea, isn't yeah, it? That it's not absolutely. necessarily that person that deserves all of that sort of yeah. outburst, but they're going to get it because yeah. that's who's who's done the last bit. Yeah, no, I and, completely and, get what you're saying. And you can imagine the shock on their faces because all they did was in mm-hmm. their minds, mm-hmm. right? And you're reacting like this to them based on that little bit not recognizing that all the other bits that have gone on before contributed to that that process you yeah. know so yeah, it's so, interesting uh, actually because you've described when you talked about talking to your colleagues you it's almost you've almost shown your journey right there from not knowing where to put the boundaries in to really clearly holding yourself in sort of high enough regard to say this is happening to me and this is really difficult and I need you to support me in order for me to be here and do my job yeah and this is what I'm asking of you it's not it's not really a question I'm telling you this is what's going on and this is what I need from you and it's it it's a huge journey from not knowing what you need to be fully supported to absolutely knowing like it's it shows do you you understand what I'm saying how much of a change in outlook that shows over you know from experiences or and and it strikes me as being incredibly brave and and strong to do that but also how I'm thinking I'm trying to think what the right word is but it's just novel how good for people to see that as a model of like this is how to cope when you're struggling and say to other people like I'm really having a hard time I'm not going to bottle it up but I am going to frame it in a way that I can cope and deal with this right now. And this is what I need you to do to support me to do that. Well, the, the thing is, as you know from previous conversations, one of my parts of the, the almanac that cannot be altered 
is November. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Right. So this last November gone was my eighth year doing it. Yes. Um, yeah. And for the people that know me, they know that every year that mustache comes off, well, that beard comes off, and a mustache <laughs> um, sprouts in its place. Yes. And the more the more horrendous it is, the better it is. Um, <laughs> you've you've seen it with some disgusting colours in the past because um, <laughs> yeah. you know people start talking one they start talking about my mental health because mm-hmm. who would put a pink mustache on their face you know <laughs> and secondly it starts getting them thinking why are you doing this mm-hmm. you know and then i get mm-hmm. to tell them the story yeah you know so but i've gone beyond that now because i've gone you know what every month is november for me mm-hmm. you know um because the the needs of of men who particularly for that month it, are you know that they don't talk about this stuff you know health things mental health things Mm. they don't talk about them and they don't you know a man would forgive the biology but a man with a a lump in his testicle Mm. will not talk about it until it becomes the size of a basketball right and he's having difficulty walking right yeah Mm -hmm. and go for the mental health a man with issues going on in his life will not talk about it until that those issues become so unbearable yeah that they can't cope. that that mm. they can't cope um mm. and then i'm having to talk them off a bridge yeah you know yeah yeah you're so you know, right and that's, and that's what I, I try to prevent by talking and showing that vulnerability and showing them that it's okay to show that vulnerability so the thing i get from that is that um other men around me once i'm vulnerable with them it allows them to be vulnerable with me yes you know, and if they feel comfortable in that space and they also know that whatever I say or whatever they say to me in that space, they're not going to hear it being banded around the office mm. later on, mm. you know, so it's in total confidence. Yeah. And you that's know, a really big thing for people, I think, as well, because you don't always know, you know, you don't know whether people will say it to one person and that, that one person will say it to one person. So to have that trust is huge. Well, I grew up in a in a in a household where my mom constantly said to me, "If you have a secret and you decide to tell somebody else, mm. then that why do you if you couldn't keep it, why do you expect anybody else to keep it?" But on <laughs> the on the other hand, so I'm I'm fighting against that that um, intuition mm-hmm. and um, saying, "Well, I've told you something in confidence, and maybe." Maybe like a spy, I'll give you a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Watch to see how you react to that. Mm-hmm. If I come back and hear it around the place, then you are no good for my yeah. right. my few my my big jewels. You know, like um, yeah, you know. So yeah. once you've established that circle of trust, mm. then then yeah, all things within that are good. You know, clearly, if somebody tells me that they've they've gone and um, done something illegal. I can't go. Oh, well, to, yeah, this is between course. me and you. Mm. You know, like um, mm. you know, but that that's the way it works. So there's something really, really important in what you're saying there because I feel like you're so right in the sort of pressure that that men are under, particularly, and it, you know, of course, women are under pressure too. But but it is different. You know, that you, when you look at the stats, when you look at the the suicide rates it's much higher amongst men than it is amongst women because they do feel unable to express what they're feeling and what's going on for them internally and it's really really important that we do speak up and it's so 
it, you know, it, it makes me so pleased to hear about how much you do and share and talk about because it, it's it's the, exactly the kind of role model that people need that it is okay to speak up and it's really important that we do and and we've got this wrong as a society at the moment, you know, in terms of, yes, there are people out there doing really good work and helping men to open up and talk, but we've got a long way to go and a lot of men who really need support and need support sooner yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing is, part of it is, is a Western society thing where we, mm. we, um, we've become accustomed to, we're still in, in, in caveman mode, you know, in, in my books, where, where the, man, the man goes out there and hunts the meat and brings it back to the, to the home and blah, 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 you know, mm. like, um, but part of this is about the woman as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the woman in our lives, and it doesn't have to be a partner. You know, it's the friends, it's the sisters, it's the yeah. the older, the aunts. You know, it's we had this thing last week with this demonstration mm. about about that um, that unfortunate young lady. Yeah, yeah. But in my books, it goes much further than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's far more more than that. I I love women, right? I love women because I just think they are the the um, cement that keeps the brick together. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's um, a really lovely thing to say. And I'm and I'm not I'm not talking about in a physical way. I'm just talking about the the fact that the contribution that they make to to my life, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the the whole the wholeness of it. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I do. I completely understand what you're saying, and I also like what you're saying that it's all the women around you because there's a certain. There's a certain way of that I have certainly noticed where men will feel as if they can only rely on their romantic partner to talk to yeah. about these really difficult things. And that's a huge amount of pressure to put within one relationship and, yeah. you know, potentially someone who's looking after their own mental health as well. And actually, as women... And the, we, and the, and the mental health of the children. Right, or, exactly, or exactly. Yeah. Um, and wider, you know, family around. But... As women, we need to step up to support men more in being able to express themselves and being available for the men around us. And, you know, more than just partners, romantic partners, but also brothers and fathers and friends. And exactly as you're talking about, I feel like you're right that it's it's a two it's a two way thing. We need to provide the opportunity for men to feel safe and supported to open up. And and as a society, we also need to figure out a way to support especially young men's mental health better but all men's mental health you know as well as women I feel this podcast is an exact example of the fact that when I've reached out for guests I've had so many more women come forward because they feel so much more comfortable sharing their vulnerabilities and it's it's much harder for men and and often it takes you know some encouragement and I'm so grateful to you for for coming forward because it, it is something that is really apparent to me that there are so many more women that will come forward and talk to me about how feeling than there are men yeah well i probably it's a lack of shame in my build-up you know like in my dna like, <laughs> I, I, will, I, oh, I love it know, it's I, good. <laughs> but um yeah I, I i'm not embarrassed to say i have been vulnerable and there's nothing to be embarrassed about you know in fact mm. uh, the embarrassment should come from the fact that you're unable to to say that right you know um that because then you expose yourself to all sorts of stresses yeah and and who knows where that leads? You know, like I I do try to keep control. I, I mentioned control earlier, but mm. um, that that control is is there 
to prevent other people from getting from breaking those boundaries that you mentioned earlier as well yes you know so if they don't break the boundaries i don't have to become hulk um you know so (laughs) right and you can feel good about the fact that you haven't had to become hulk you know it's 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 important about putting those boundaries in for yourself and it is they're much more than physical boundaries it's not really physical it's emotional and mental boundaries of saying this is okay and this is not like i'm not here to be i'm not here as like a I don't know, vessel to be filled up with everyone else's having a difficult yeah. time. But on the other hand, yeah. I am here to support someone, you know, and yeah. it's a it's a balance, isn't it? Which is, is yeah, really, really absolutely. important. So take us back to when you were talking about earlier, what we opened with about the time with your mum and uh, when things were so difficult and you couldn't get to Jamaica and, you know, an impossibly difficult experience. What happened in order to support you? How did you find a way through this really difficult time? Because for many people, I, I feel as if it would be impossible to see a way through. Well, um, I'm fortunate that the police have a very good, um, very good counselling stroke um, support system. That's right? Really it, good. Wasn't de- it wasn't designed for me when my mom passed away and not being mm. able to fly out, but it was designed for for people who are undergoing stressful periods in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first thing is that at the time, just as that happened, I I also attended a, what we call a, what would I call it now? We call it one on this, but it's, a, it's actually somebody jumping in front of a train. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. So that happened about a week, a week after my mom oh. passed away. Oh, my yeah? goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to make it just that little bit worse, uh, it was a 13-year-old boy who'd been bullied at school. So oh, Chris. I, I dealt with it on a professional basis, but mm-hmm. afterwards mm. I started um, having some some issues with it. Yeah. Um, so thankfully that support network was there. I told them about all the, the two things that had gone on in my life in a very mm. short period of time. Mm. And they talked me through it um, on a number of counseling sessions. So again, yes. it's knowing what you can manage and knowing when that cup is is about to overflow yeah. and reaching out for beyond you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that to me is the the main distinction. And it's so important. It's so important yeah. to be able to say this is actually too much. Like I need some yeah. support with this. And in the same way yeah. that, you know, if you know, we were talk, we talked and you talked almost in a joking way earlier about physical health, but but actually for the most part people feel much more comfortable about I've got a physical health issue, I'm gonna go and talk to a doctor about it. And we need to yeah. normalise that mental health being exactly the same, that if I'm having a really difficult time and I know that this is too much and oh goodness me, an experience like that, I think would for most people would be too much. I can't even begin to think about how difficult that would have been to go through in such short succession as well. And yeah. and it's about at those moments saying, no, no, I am going to reach out, even though I don't really know what the support's going to be like, whether it's going to be what I need. I do know I need it. Yeah. Well, the other side of it is that um, I can look across the, uh, I'm walking past the bakery. I look through the window and there's this really, gorgeous cake in terms of design okay. yeah mm-hmm. uh, i go into the bakery i buy the cake i come back home i cut the cake i put a slice on my plate i put the first mouthful in my mouth and it's that disgusting 
that I have to spit it out. Yeah. Right. So I have to I have to put some amount of trust in in what I see in front of me, mm. taste it, and then make my decision after I've tasted it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah. at least I tried. You know, some yeah. some people never get past the looking in the window and admiring it. You right. Know, that's, I'm thinking how good yeah. that would be. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. You're so right. And we can only know by trying things out, trying things on, you know. And I can certainly recall from my own experience, you know, to do to do what I do to work in mental health, I had to have my own therapy in order to know myself well enough to know when I was going to yeah. be triggered by supporting people for certain experiences. And I, I went and saw maybe two or three different therapists before I found my therapist because you do need to get a good fit. And yeah, and yeah. like you're talking about with, with the counselling support at work, you know, it you can't always get a good fit. It doesn't always work straight away, but it's really important that we try and also yeah. that we we find people that we can speak to. And, it, it you know, it might not be a mental health professional. It might be a supportive friend, but ultimately the professionals are there for a reason and they they know how to support people really well but it might be about finding the right kind of professional you know it doesn't therapy doesn't work for everybody counseling doesn't work for everybody sometimes it's a slightly different route and that's a sort of personal choice and like you say you've got to try the cake to find out if it's the right fit if it's the right taste if it's what you want to taste yeah well, on yeah. the other hand, I could have eaten that cake and it looked as every much, it tasted every, very much as, as delicious as it looked, you know, <laughs> yeah. so as you, as you say. But no, I, the thing is, a friend is good, but mm. a, friend, a friend professional knows when to listen and knows yeah. when to shut up. You know, um, a friend might be thinking that they're helping by going, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that same thing happened to me, blah, 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 which, which probably breaks your train of thought. You wanted to say much more, but now that person has interrupted it, you know. But yeah. on the other hand, there are some friends who are great listeners as well. Mm, um, yeah. So, as you said, it's a choice between what suits you. I think you're so right. And it's it's potentially really difficult for people, and so a friend can be a first step. But it is so important to get professional help, like you say, and it, it is it is something that's going to be on a, a sort of different level. And and you are totally right about there's something you have to sort of get used to with going to talk to a mental health professional in the sense that you are talking about yourself. And I mean, I grew up in a family where manners were quite high on the agenda. And so you yeah. always asked how the other person was. You always, There was always a back and forth, you know, you were always checking in for reassurance from the other person but when you go and talk to a counsellor or a therapist you they, they're not going to tell you how they are because <laughs> yeah. it's not the nature of the work this, this is your therapy session or your counselling session so this is about you and they might you know the niceties they might say yeah I'm fine thanks or whatever but actually ultimately you're not going to know about who they are and their experiences because it's not how it works and it can be quite unsettling I found it really unsettling but ultimately it's a really big gift that you can give yourself because this time is just for you and there is no other time in your life where this time with another person holding space for you is entirely for you there isn't another time there's nothing quite like it because it's focused entirely on you and your life and your experiences and what's going on for you and that kind of attention we don't get it's almost it, you know that in therapy training they talk about the sort of mother-child relationship 
or father-child, the parent-child relationship, it, yeah. it there is something in that. But even as parents, you know, we have agendas. Of course we do because we're real human beings. And, it, you yeah. know, you're not necessarily trained to, to listen in, in that way. But I think yeah. you are you are so right. It's a, something there really important about listening and knowing when to shut up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and not interrupting people's train of thoughts as well. Yeah. So take us forward from you had some support, which I'm so glad that you did. Was there anything else that seems important to share about beginning to find support or find hope? And then kind of take us forward to where it's led you to now. Okay, well, honesty is the the central theme in all of this you can't if you go to so if you take support from a professional or you take support from a friend mm. if you hold in stuff back then they're not going to be able to help anyway yeah yeah they're not psychic um, yes yeah so for me it's about honesty and i i am i think by now people that work sometimes i think i'm a, a proper miserable person because i am um, i'm sure they I do <laughs> they do Can't i do believe that, i do Chris. I do have very high standards, yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes I I refuse to to bend from those standards. So mm-hmm. it's you meeting me at that level rather than me coming down to to your yes. level. But yeah. the one the one thing that they do know is that well, they like to say, well, the one thing you can rely on you to do is take it like it is, you know, like um, and I do, and yeah. I'm proud of that. You know, mm-hmm. I that, that honesty is is something that might be uncomfortable, but. I'm not going to smile in your face and then go back and talk about it when you're not there. Right. You know? So for me, one of the important things is you being honest to yourself, first mm, and foremost. Yes. Um, and then to everybody else, you know? Yeah. In a relationship kind of thing, I'm not suggesting that, that the men go out there and when the wife says, is this dress tight on me? You then get really... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be too that, that could be... That, that, yeah. <laughs> Be diplomatic as well. Yeah, of course. Of course. Is, Don't is, make your is, life difficult. Is, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh, the emotional honesty is, is important. That that helps a hell of a lot in terms of managing because that that honesty and we talked about the vulnerability. Mm. That honesty provided a lot of pe- people coming forward in, who I thought weren't the people that would come forward in that situation. How interesting. Yeah. Mm. So. You know, I've had to reassess my first impressions of quite a few people based on on that experience mm. in a positive way as well. So it worked for them, you know, like, uh, and the relationship I've had with them since has been based on that particular date when I needed them right. rather than my observations from a distance. That's so yeah. interesting, actually, what you're saying there, because we do, we don't, you know, as humans, we do judge people and we don't mean to necessarily, it's not always intentional or a choice, but it, it happens It's yeah. something that's sort of internal and we can, we can be aware of it and we can turn it down, but it is there. And, but I love what you're saying there, that that honesty actually brought about new judgment and the possibility to review maybe where you'd already thought of a certain way about someone and they surprised you and actually I I love that because I feel like some of my really good friends have come that way through me not really not really knowing if we had a connection or maybe being a bit threatened or intimidated by them if I'm really honest with myself yeah um and then something would happen which mean that you would connect and then it sort of switches around your thinking and then you know that you really trust someone on a, on a deep level and there's a level there's a level of integrity in your relationship as well that's really yeah. valuable yeah 
the, the depth of the relationship is going to come from that honesty anyway, isn't it? Mm. Like, um, there, there is no time when you are when you are more vulnerable than when you're opening yourself up to people looking at your inner self. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, mm. And um, sometimes you take the gamble and, and you'll lose. You know, mm. well, guess what? That person never enters that inner sanctum again. Of course. You know? But yeah. on the other hand, you can't walk around assuming that I dare not trust anybody because this this happened to me the last time and I was badly burnt by it, you know. So that's yeah. the way I look at it. Mm, I think you're right. You, We have to strike a balance between not being overexposed, not protecting ourselves by sharing too much, and also yeah. between being so, our walls being so up high up that we don't let anybody in and and it's hard to straddle that middle place. It's hard to stay there because, you know, past experiences do encourage us to go one way or the other. But ultimately, life is in the middle, isn't it? Where you're able to be vulnerable yeah. and honest with yourself and other people and support yourself in doing absolutely. that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So honesty was really important to you. And the counselling that you had as well was was obviously really important in terms of helping you move forward. And yeah, I mean, tell us about where that's sort of brought you to now. Well, what it's brought me to, um, you know, Maslow's theory of, of um, needs and, yes, and hierarchy self, of needs. Yeah, yeah the yeah. hierarchy of needs and, so, and self-actualization is where mm. You aspire towards, you know. Yes. Right now, I'm happy in my job. I, I love my job. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I used to teach before, mm. and much as I love the interactions with the, the kids, I hated the the amount of work that I was saddled yeah. with every time yeah. I got home, which took totally away from the fun of of the interactions with the yeah. kids. Yeah. So I I think deep down, if I was to if if someone was to describe me, I am a people person. I love people. Yes. Yeah, I love yeah, meeting I different people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I enjoy the talk. I sometimes talk too much, you know, like um, <laughs> no. because I can talk for hours. Um, <laughs> but on the other on the other side of that, um, I am at a place in my life where I'm absolutely happy to say, you know, the people that I have around me, uh, including you, Harriet, and Bamiad, but you. the people that I have around me are are absolutely. I don't if. If somebody is, how would I put this? If somebody is 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 a negative influence on my life, mm. they're not going to be in there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, my social media, my my personal life, my life at work, all of those things have people who who drop in, mm-hmm. have the opportunity to to mix with me, and they either stay there or they drop back out again because mm-hmm. there's something about them that I think is not going to work well for my inner sanctum. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a powerful so, way of describing it because yeah. you have to have a lot of confidence to do that and not everyone has the confidence. It's very, I find it's it's really common for people to feel like they want everyone to like them and actually that's quite debilitating. Right? You're, dragging around, you're dragging around a fridge when you want everybody to like you. <laughs> You know, and, you know yes. so I, yeah. I, I have, and I've been that, at that point in my life, thankfully, when I was much younger, where mm. it was important what other people thought of me. So yeah. I tried to, to make myself into, into some clay where 
I could mold myself or allow myself to be molded into something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fortunate that this is where the importance of good teachers comes into it. And I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that uh, one of my teachers decided that um, I had to repeat a class mm-hmm. rather than go with, with my other colleagues. Yeah. Um, because I'd had, in his eyes, he saw that I had talent, but he didn't think I was using that talent to, the, to my best ability. Right. Right. And the humiliation of that, uh, kind of turned me around where I didn't give to. I I was a class clown, and it was. I'm so glad that he took the difficult step because I realized afterwards I hated him at the time. Yeah, of course, I'm you know? sure. Yeah, right. But I realized afterwards that it hurt him as much as it hurt me. Mm. Right. He took that difficult decision because he thought I'm not having this man waste his talent. Right. Um. So, but as a teenager. I, w- I will say that I was a nightmare. I was a nightmare to teachers. I was a nightmare. I probably was a nightmare to myself, but just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, but all of life's lessons, the the love that people have shown me, the support that people have shown me, have made me who I am today. Mm. Right. You won't know this because I've never told you this, but I love myself. I don't know. I don't mean it in some kind of arbitrary. Um, way where I'm, I'm, I'm some kind of mm. narcissistic person. No, not at all. But I love my, you know, I love myself. And because I realized very early on in the game that if you don't love yourself, you certainly can't love anybody else. You know, like... Um, yes, Chris. Oh, that is so true. You know, so, and uh, so, yeah, I love myself. And I'm quite... Uh, when I've got that, that pink or green moustache on, right, <laughs> I still love myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, it's not taken away from who I am, basically. <laughs> it's adding. You know? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, just don't a... get caught in a supermarket on a Friday night with it because yeah. people actually grab their children away from you. Oh, no. <laughs> Full time weirdo. I'm not oh, no. like that. oh, gosh, yeah. I could imagine. I think that's really, it's really awesome that you said that because people do imagine it's. I don't know, we have so many ideas and beliefs and stigma around self-love and being too loving of self. But there's no, almost, in a way, there's no such thing. As long as we've dropped the ego, there is no such thing yeah. as loving yourself too much. And the, it, it, life only gets better the kinder you are, the more Absolutely. loving you are to yourself. Like, the more you're able to put boundaries in, which is what boundaries are, is self-love, is loving ourselves yeah. enough to say, this is okay with me and this isn't. The, the the easier yeah. things get and I, I I couldn't agree with you more and it, it it's really brilliant to hear you talk about it so honestly and openly because it I think it will be really inspiring for people and and good to hear that good mental health means loving yourself and means looking after yourself like you are just as valuable if not more so and the only person whose opinion really matters is yours and as yeah. soon as you figure yeah. that out you can drop that fridge of people that you might be dragging yeah. around thinking you need to please or whatever when actually you can you can really honestly admit to yourself that yeah of course there are people in your life that, whose opinion you want you want to be good of you of course there is you know that's not going to change but ultimately your opinion and how you feel about yourself your feeling about your own integrity and who you are as a person is is more important than anybody else and when you're able to own that and honor that and respect that it makes loving other people so much easier well you you put it in a nutshell really 
you you know um there was a there was a song back in the 70s that said i'm all right now i learned mm. my lesson well if you mm. can't please everybody you need to please yourself yes. yeah and i without being you you can't be selfish about it it's not all about you mm. but at the same time you have to maintain that balance where your well-being you can't help anybody else if your well-being is shot absolutely absolutely you know so you 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 look after the the, the you are the foundation you are the rock right yes. um, and everything else everything else that comes about comes about because that rock is solid I yeah yeah if, if if that rock is a bit of putty then we know how that's going to end up yeah? yeah um you can't you can't do anything for anybody else because you can't you're not sorting out your own life you know i don't i don't go to the doctor and say um i have a lot of faith in what you're about to say because you did a lot of training to get to where you get mm. and then he, t- he starts if he started crying on me and right. telling me how, how much of a mess it made of his life. Uh, I can tell you, I'd be asking for another GP. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right, quite rightly so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so it's it's all about you know, it starts with you, and then it like ripples in the pond. It ripples out after that. I believe. I really believe in that. Yeah, the ripple effect, and and how much sort of positive impact you can have by looking after number one, and then letting it ripple out. Definitely. Thank you. And the other thing, there's, Go on. there's mm. one, one more thing. The one more thing I will say is that people can spot a fake, mm. right? So um, if you are covering up stuff or pretending to be what you're not, people spot it a million miles off. So again, that comes back to the honesty and integrity about how you do things. And how much relief it is when you drop that, you know, when you drop oh, any yeah. need or any pretense that you need to be anyone absolutely else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I feel like that's been so much, you know, wisdom and real things to for people to think about and, and sort of chew over in their minds, really useful things in there. So thank you. Is there any yeah. last things that you want to leave us with or mm-hmm. last sort of anything that you want to share that's, that, that has sort of come up and you haven't had a chance to? I uh, know you've, you've um, interrogated me pretty. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. If there isn't, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it is about all of the things I've said about the honesty, about enjoying mm. life, enjoying the moment. Mm. You know, I, over the last three, four weeks, I've lost about four friends. Um, you get, and I, and I will say that you get to an age where, you know, when you're younger, when you're in your 20s, mm. all you ever do is get wedding invitations yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and christening invitations yeah. and stuff like that. As you get older, and I'm 58 now, what you do is receive news of people that you you knew mm-hmm. passing on for whatever reason, you know? Mm. So, the, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that your physical health is as important as your mental health. Yeah. Keep that tandem. healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch mm-hmm. what you eat. Um, do the exercises, and I'm not necessarily saying you have to run marathons or anything like that, but keep yourself fit because the, that that fitness you can't have a strong inner sanctum mentally mm. is 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 um, partly based on the fact that the the physical self is also very much in tune. Absolutely, they're in tandem, aren't they? All the time talking yeah, to each other absolutely. back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. And that's it. 
Thank you. I feel like you've shared so much. So I really, really appreciate it, Chris. I think it's been a really, I've really enjoyed the conversations. I hope you have too. Well, we we always used to have conversations at school. Um, we did. You know, in fact, a few times we were late for classes. Well, I was late for my class, but I'd stand there talking to you and think, oh my God, I'm going to have to run like crazy to get to the class yeah. on time. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I enjoy talking to you. Good. I enjoy talking to people who are, uh, who have no, what would I say, who don't pretend. You know, yes. I've always found you to be a, a natural person. Yeah. Um, natural people I love talking to. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Big compliment. Okay. I appreciate that. And the feeling is mutual. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I'm so grateful to Chris for joining me for this very special episode. It's so important to me to discuss some of the issues that we broached this week, such as men's mental health and what women can do to better support men with their mental health. Why it's so important to reach out for help and that if anything, being vulnerable only adds to the quality of our relationships. Chris had so many important things to say and I'm so glad that we get to share this with you. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. As ever, there's lots of information for further support in today's show notes and you can always find more information or reach out to me directly through my website which is dawnbreaks.co.uk Otherwise, take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.